from what I believe God has given me to say today. And I, um, uh, we have rejoiced and we have praised the Lord and we have danced uh, this morning and I've enjoyed uh, what we've experienced. But I just want you to sit and listen to me now um, and uh, as I just share what I believe the Lord has given to me uh, for you this morning. From Hebrews, the fourth chapter, um, is where we will begin um, reading today. And um, you may be seated. Uh, I may be in a number of places today to convey this uh, message that God has given to us. Let me uh, inform you of what we are sharing. Today I want to talk about a formula for a victorious life in Christ. I want to talk about the formula for a victorious life in Christ. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Let's start in the first verse. It says, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with the faith in them, that heard it, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into his rest. And he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I want to pause and look in the second verse, he says, unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. There is a conflict that is presented to many people in church. Many people that go by the title of Christian. Many people that go under the testimony of being saved. The conflict is that there comes a time where what you profess out of your mouth is challenged by the circumstance or the situation that is presented to you through the vicissitudes of life. Life is hard. It's not easy. One of the uh, problems that many of us have which causes us to be weak uh, is that uh, we buy into the notion, and so often in church people buy into this notion that when you get saved, when you give your life to God, when you join the church, that that is the end of all of your problems. 
that you will never have any more struggles. You will never have any more obstacles. You will never have any more trials. But that is a myth. That is a trick of the enemy. As a matter of fact, if you are well acquainted with your word, you will understand that a prerequisite to really being in right relationship with God is suffering. Uh, The Bible tells us that we will suffer much persecution. The Bible also tells us that in order to reign with him, that we must first suffer with him. Uh, Before you can be comforted, you got to mourn. Before you can experience the joy of the Lord that comes in the morning, you must first travel through the nighttime season. You've got to cry every now and then. That's why the Bible says weeping may endure for a night. You are going to deal with some nighttime situations. But it is in those moments that you learn how to really trust God. It is in those moments that your relationship with God is really defined. It is in your dark times. It is in your times of opposition that your relationship with God is really developed. Those are the moments where it is determined as to whether or not you really know who God is. You know him through suffering. Paul, who is writing to uh, these individuals here, to the Hebrews, Paul understands what it means to suffer. And he understands that suffering is not necessarily a bad thing, but suffering is something that can be a positive thing in your life because it is through suffering that you get to know who God is. He said, I want to know him. And the way that I will know him is through being associated with his suffering. I got to suffer in order to know him. Got to go through something. Got to deal with something. But here he is writing and he's talking to a group of church folks just like you and just like me. He's talking to a group of church people who have come to a place where they have become a little weary in their journey. They have become a little weary because they are now being tried in ways that they have never been tried before. They are now dealing with persecution and they are now dealing with opposition and now the things that they used to look forward to, the things that they used to hope for, the things that they used to expect to happen for them because of the fact that they were Christians, it seems as if their hope has become bleak. It seems as if their outlook has become dismal they cannot see their way out they cannot see anything positive in their life and they are in a place where they have to determine whether or not they're going to go all the way with God or if they are going to turn back this is the time which was foretold by the prophet this is the time that was foretold according to the Johannine writer the great day of apostasy which was coming the day of a great falling away this was the day which was talked about that people of God would come to a place where they would fall out of the faith and we are seeing that even today more than never before we are seeing where people who have walked with the Lord where people who have testified of having relationship with God people that have talked about their connection and their commitment to God have come to a place where the devil has made them weary and they have decided to quit and give up on God more and more people are backsliding and people are turning their back on God getting mad and falling out of the church getting mad and leaving God getting mad and abandoning the word of God God has not done anything to you God is a good God 
I want you to remember this. If you don't know anything else, know that God is good all of the time. And all of the time, God is good. It does not matter if bad things happen. It doesn't mean that God is bad. This is why Paul begins to explain to us something that is so unusual and odd and not easy for us to grasp in our own human mentality or understanding. He said that we know that all things work together for the good to them that do what? Love God and are the called according to his purpose. But yet and still, we don't always understand understand the things that God does but you must understand that God's ways and his thoughts are far above and beyond ours and the only way that you will ever be able to understand the things of God is through being spiritual and coming out of your carnal mind and not being worldly and not submitting yourself to the things of your flesh because the dictates of your flesh will always lead you down ungodly and wrong pathways but when you submit your will to the will of the father uh, your heart and your mind is inclined to say God even though I don't understand what I'm going through I don't understand what I'm dealing with God I yet trust you in the midst of it and so he said that when we look at Romans where he said that all things work together for the good we discover that he said that we were already predestined it was already determined that God was going to shape us into the image and the likeness of his son Jesus Christ that we might be made joint heirs with Christ Jesus and so the only way that we're going to be like Christ is we must suffer just like he did it will work for your good even though you don't understand it saints whatever you do don't backslide whatever you do don't stop believing and trusting in God he says that there are people that heard the same gospel that you heard they heard it but it did not have any effectiveness in their life because it was not mixed with faith do you hear me how are we going to live a life as a victorious Christian how are we going to have the victory and be overcomers through Christ you cannot simply be religious you cannot say, I've been talking about it for the last several weeks around here. You cannot simply be religious and go through the routine. The day for religiosity superseding your relationship with God, it is over. We must learn how to embrace a relationship with God and we must learn how to live a life where every day of our life, our ear is pressed to the mouth of God. We must live in a place where we are so intimate with God until God is leading and guiding and directing our every move he is leading and guiding and directing our every step this is the time that you must know God you cannot rely on your religious practices you cannot rely on the things that you've always been doing it's time for the people of God to develop a real relationship with God he said this uh, that people have heard it and they have spoke things out of their mouth. They have made confessions, but the confessions that they made out of their mouth really did not reflect what was in their heart. Uh, yeah, they said that they loved God, but their heart was far from it. They said that they believed in God, but their actions said otherwise. He said that their faith was not mixed with what they heard. 
simply hear. James 1 and 22 says that we should be doers of the word and not hearers only. How many times do we hear the word and the word falls on deaf ear? We hear it, but it doesn't penetrate our heart. I want you to understand that the Bible declares unto us that faith without works is dead. If you are going to be an overcomer, if you are going to live in victory, if you are going to defeat the adversary, if you are going to defeat the enemy, if you're going to challenge Satan that has come against you in your life, this is the moment for your faith to really be exercised. This is the moment for our faith to be exercised. This is the moment for you to prove to God that you really trust him. This is the moment for you to prove to God that you really believe in what his word has said. I don't want us to be deceived today because Satan is such a deceiver. He is such a deceiver. Did you not know that you can be in the house and lost at the same time? You can be in the house and lost at the same time. You can be in church Sunday after Sunday, week after week, and still not know God. And still be lost because the word has not penetrated your heart. And what profited a man to gain the world and lose his soul? What benefit is it to you to have status? What benefit is it to you for people to sing your praises and to think that you are doing great things and you're a great person, but on the inside you're not clean? And I got to say this uh, today, that I've come to a place where I really want to encourage people, uh, the people of God, to be real with God. Be real with God. I told you on Thursday night that there are two people that you ought to be real with if nobody else. Number one, you ought to be honest with yourself. And number two, you need to be honest with God. It's time for you to get delivered from people. Get delivered from what people think. Get delivered from what people say because people will have you conflicted and bound up. But when you need to be delivered, they don't have the power or the ability to deliver or to set you free. Get over people. When you come into this holy place and I was telling the young people on yesterday when you come into this holy place you ought to remember that you are here to work out your soul salvation. You are here to become delivered. You are here to become set free. It's no time to be guilty. It's no time to be ashamed. It's no time to wonder what folks think about me. What people say about me. You ought to live on the altar. You ought to live on the altar. Every day of your life, you ought to be saying, God, expose me to myself. Every day of my life, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get closer to God. Every day of my life, I want God to burn up something in me that is not like him. I want God to reveal the ugly things to me. We always want God to show us the good things. And we run from place to place. Everybody is excited about prophecy. But I want you to know that I really believe that prophecy really does not just tell your future it does not just tell you that you're going to get a house or a car i believe that we need some folk to stand up and cry loud like the prophets in the days of old and tell people that you are not right and you must learn how to align yourself with the will of god otherwise god is going to deal with you god's judgment is getting ready to hit the earth 
And when God's judgment hits the earth, I want to be found in a place where God can say, I'm pleased with you. I want God to be pleased with what I'm doing. I want God to be pleased with my life. This is why we've got to avoid foolishness and ungodliness. It is a distraction from the enemy. I know that there's somebody else in here that has been presented with a number of distractions and challenges and things that have tried to hinder you and get you off focus from doing the will of the Father. But open up your eyes, people of God. Open up your eyes and recognize the devil for who he is. Don't allow the devil to hoodwink and bamboozle you. Don't allow the devil to just come up in your house, come up in your family, hit the things around you and you just accept the things that the devil has sent your way. It's time for us to be sober and see over in the spirit, see over in the Holy Ghost. Even when the devil tries to conflict your emotions, we are in a day now where people in the church are dealing with so many emotional issues and problems. People are dealing and accepting diagnosis bipolarism, depression all kinds of conditions in the mind and in the emotions it is a trick of the devil to keep you off focus from doing what God has called you to do and you got to stand up and cast the devil out of your own mind and tell the devil you will not reside here, you can't live in my mind, you cannot live in my body, my body belongs to God, my mind belongs to God you cannot live in my atmosphere my atmosphere is charged through the Holy Ghost there's praise in my atmosphere and the devil cannot live in an atmosphere of praise let me hurry up so let's move down to the 11th verse he said let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. See what's happening now, your faith is being challenged. The circumstances and the situations that are set before you, they have come to challenge your faith. For those of you who are dealing with new trials and obstacles and we've praised God and believed God for healing, those of you who have accepted or have received rather diagnosis of sickness in your body, I want you to understand that this is the moment in your life where God is demanding of you that you stand up and stand on his word. You've got to understand that we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So your faith challenges what you see because faith cannot be determined by what you see. But what you see will always try to challenge your faith. But your faith ought to supersede what you see because you understand that faith cancels out everything that you see. You might see sickness. You may see calamity. You may see financial distress. But your faith tells you that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. You may see sickness or feel symptoms in your body. But your faith tells you that you are healed by the wounds in Jesus' side. Your faith tells you that healing is the children's bread. Your faith tells you that what you have been conflicted with cannot stand because God has already declared that you are victorious. Which I had some help in this church today. God has already determined that you are victorious. The Bible tells us let us not be weary in well-doing. Many of us, we are doing a work for the Lord. You are doing what God has called you to do.
But we're living in an hour and in a moment where Satan is doing all he can to try to drain the people of God. He is trying to make you weary. He is trying to make you tired. He is trying to wear you out. He is trying to frustrate you. And frustration is also a spirit sent from Satan. We talked about it on last Sunday evening, how uh, the enemy will send spirits to frustrate your purpose. Uh, we looked at how over in Ezra, the enemy came and tried to get with Ezra. Uh, and the Bible said that they weakened their hand uh, and they began to frustrate their purpose. Uh, the devil is trying to frustrate you, uh, not because of where you are, uh, but he's trying to frustrate you because of the purpose uh, that God has placed on the inside of you and if you are going to get to the place in God where God has ordained and orchestrated and designed for you to be you've got to learn how to stand up in the power of God and declare the word of the Lord well the Bible says he said let us labor therefore to enter into the rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief let us work toward putting our faith in action let us work toward canceling out unbelief let us work toward canceling out doubt let us work toward canceling out the voice of the enemy God spoke to me and said tell my people to silence every voice that does not represent God some voices uh, that will try to speak to you uh, that do not represent the voice of God. Uh, there are some voices uh, that will try to talk to you uh, that have not been anointed by God uh, to speak into your life. Uh, there are some spirits uh, that have been sent on assignment uh, to sever your tie with God uh, and to confuse your mind. Uh, but you better recognize uh, that there are some spirits uh, and some people uh, that have tried to come your way uh, that have not been anointed to speak to you uh, have not been anointed to prophesy to you uh, have not been anointed to lay their hand on you uh, and you've got to recognize the devil uh, and stop eating any kind of junk that comes your way uh, stop listening to every negative word that comes your way uh, stop accepting every spirit of jealousy and hatred uh, that comes to attack you uh, many people have simply been attacked uh, by a foul spirit uh, you've been attacked by the spirit of jealousy uh, you've been attacked by a foul imposter uh, that has come to try to rob you of your purpose in God oh the Bible the Bible the Bible the Bible say uh, uh, that the thief cometh not for but to kill to steal and to destroy and I want you to know that you are people of purpose today and if you didn't have anything for the devil to steal he wouldn't try to mess with you if you were not a threat to the devil's kingdom he would not try to destroy you I've been through so much lately and I told you all the other day I found out that if I ever thought that I wasn't great if I ever dealt with low self-esteem, I ought to be delivered right now. Because what I've been going through has proved to me that I must be somebody great. Because if I won, the devil wouldn't fight me the way he's been fighting me. Oh, there's got to be something great in my future. There's got to be something beyond what I can see right now. There's got to be something coming for me. And if I can just hold out, if I can just weather the storm, I've been tried in the fire. But if I can go through the fire and don't go crazy, 
if you can allow sickness to come in your life and you say I'm still going to trust God if you can allow financial problems to come in your life and you say I'm still going to praise God if you can allow the haters to come and try to destroy you and you say I'm still going to praise God the Bible said if you be tried in the fire if you can go through the fire and not break up if you can go through the fire and not lose your mind is there anybody here that I say pastor yes I almost lost my mind I almost threw in the time almost I almost slipped I almost I almost gave up because I was under pressure but I'm still standing today I want you to know if you can go through the fire and still testify of the goodness of God and still be committed to the word of God you'll come out as pure gold I need somebody to holler better in here come on just holler better come on better Oh yeah, what I'm going through, it cannot destroy me. It cannot kill you. It can only make you better. God has designed it to make you better. I just need about five folks to help me praise God because better is coming. Better is coming. Listen at this. Y'all be seated. I'm just, I'm not going to holler today. He said, the word of God in the 12th verse is quick and powerful. Just give me about 10 more minutes and I'll quit. The word of God is quick and it is powerful. And it is sharper than a two-edged sword. You want to know how you're going to come through? You want to know how you're going to have victory? You've got to exercise the word of God. And I'm afraid that the problem that many people have today, and this is not judgment, but understand, let me pastor for a moment. The reason why many people don't have victory in their lives is because they don't know the word. The word has not taken root on the inside of you. And the only time that you really go after God is when you are in trouble and you need God to rescue you. That's why there's a difference between who comes to church on Sunday and who comes on Tuesday night for prayer and who comes for Bible study. Because there are those that seek the face of God and then there are those that just seek his hand. God said, I'm tired of folk that are just fair weather. I'm tired of people that just want my hand. They just want what I can do for them. I need somebody that'll seek my face. He never said, seek my hand. He said, if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. Seek my. Seek my. Seek my face. Seek me. See, my face is who I am. That's who I am. Seek my face. Seek who I am. Turn from your wicked ways. I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive your sin and then I'll heal you. We got it backwards. 
We're seeking the hand of God and not his face. And God said, if you seek my face, you'll get the healing. If you seek my face, you'll get what you need. I'm not driving nobody away because I thank God because trouble, trouble, trouble drove me to church. Huh? Trouble put me on my knees. Huh? Trouble made me pray. Yeah, trouble taught me who God was. You know, we have learned how to say, ah, oh, he's a heart fixer and he's a mind regulator. But until you, you almost lost your mind, you didn't know what you were talking about. He's a healer. He's a healer. Yes, he is. But until sickness hits your body. I told you the story of the old mother that had the prayer band and she was running around with her disciples and telling them uh, when anybody got sick, pastor, she'd say, Tell the devil he's a liar. You ain't sick. Get up. Anybody that got sick, tell the devil he's a liar. You ain't sick. Get up. And then the people that were with her in her prayer band, they said one day mother got sick herself. And they got together and they ran over to her and they said, mother, tell the devil he's a liar. You ain't sick. Get up. And they said mother leaned up and said he ain't lying this time. You don't really learn how to exercise your faith in God until you go through. The word of God is quick in power. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Mm, mm, mm. Let me read a few more scriptures to you, and then I'm going to quit. Is it all right today? You have got to learn how to believe. You can't just say it. You got to believe. Let's look in John. I'm almost done, y'all. Let's look in John. The first chapter. Of John. And look in the 12th verse. He says, But as many as received him, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Mm, mm, mm. When you receive God and when you believe him, God gives you power to become a son of God. He gives you power to become a child of God. And when you are a child of God, you are made a joint heir with Christ Jesus. And therefore, whatever Jesus has a right to, you also have a right to it yourself. When you become a child of God. But you can only do that through receiving and believing. You got to believe. Somebody say you got to believe. 
Let's look at 1 John. Well, no, let's look at Romans. Let's look at Romans 10. Let's look at the twelfth verse. Well, the eleventh verse. I don't want to read too much. Let's, let me just read the ninth verse. All right. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. One of the challenges that we have is that we don't go all the way. We confess with our mouth but don't believe in our heart. You are not saved alone because you said it. Hello? You are saved because you believed it in your heart. Salvation is a process that takes place in your heart. It takes place in your heart. And the Bible says wherever your heart is, your treasure is also there. Your treasure is where your heart is. You will make an investment where your heart is. We got a lot of lip service folks. Oh, I love you, 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 but the heart is not there. Anybody tired of part-time lovers? Fair weather friends? People that are with you some days and not with the others. I can't take finicky people. Funny acting people. I just like to leave them alone. Speak to you one day. Don't speak to you the next. Wave at you one day. Roll your eyes the next. I just like to avoid those people. I know y'all know some of them. I feel cold spirits in the church today. Comes through your heart. First John. And then I got one more scripture and I'll be done. First John five. And four. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. You want to know how you're going to overcome? You got to believe. Your cold spirits. You want to be an overcomer, you got to believe. You got to really believe that God is. You got to believe God. You got to embrace God. You got to love God more than you love anything. The Bible says the day you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Because the only way that you can receive God is through your heart. 
And many of us have developed a wall of defense. The gospel has not penetrated your heart because you have developed a wall of defense. You have not allowed God to come into your heart. Psalms 147 and 3 says that the Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds the wounds. Somebody is in here today and the gospel has not penetrated your heart. God's word has not taken root in your life, in your heart, because you have had a stony heart. You've built a wall. Because you've come to church today with your wounds, with your pains, with your issues, and you have protected your heart. But I want you to know that if you open up your heart and allow God to come in, he will change you. God will make a difference in your life. God will give you victory. You want to know how to be a Christian that has victory? You want to know how to please and how to satisfy God? You have got to exercise your faith. You got to put your confidence in God. You got to trust God. You got to take him at his word. I'm talking to somebody today who says, Pastor, I've been in a place where my faith has been challenged. I've been in a place where I really have not stood for what I know is right in my life. I've wavered. I've doubted. I've been shy. I've been afraid. I've even been ashamed. I've been so hurt. I've been so wounded. My heart is stony. The gospel message had not penetrated my heart. I hadn't completely or totally surrendered to God. But today I want victory. I'm tired of failing. I'm tired of falling. I'm tired of slipping. I'm tired of tripping. I'm tired of messing up. I'm tired of having a good day and then a bad day. I'm tired of being up and down. I'm tired of being in and out. I'm tired of not having peace in my mind. I'm tired of not being settled. I know that God has called me. I know that God has called me. I know that God has protected me through all that I've been through for such a time as this. And I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to say, God, here I am. God, I'm ready to pull off my mask. I'm ready to take off my airs. I'm ready. I'm ready to let go of my guilt. I'm ready to let go of my shame. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to just say yes. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of being bound in my mind and bound in my emotions. I'm tired of worrying about what people think or even what people know about me. But today I want to learn how to have victory tired of being in church but not walking in liberty. I'm tired of hearing the word and seeing people around me get set free. And I leave church and I'm more bound than I was when I came. I'm tired of walking according to the dictates of my flesh. I'm tired of slipping and tipping and always finding myself in sin. Tired of Tired of giving myself away. Tired of abusing my body. Tired of letting the devil take advantage of me. Tired. 
Oh, I know you're here today. And I ain't scared of nobody. I know you're here today. And you said, I want to be free. I want to be delivered. I want the power of God to change me. What I need is change. Anybody here today that say, Pastor, it's me. What I need is change. I need God to change me. Can't make it the way I'm going. I just can't. What I've been doing hasn't been working for me. I need God to change me. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. This is a clarion moment. This is the hour. This is the moment where God is challenging you. He's speaking to you. He said, do you really love me? Do you really want to be a disciple? Do you really want to be a follower of Christ? Do you really want me in your life? Or do you just embrace me in the bad times? Do you just celebrate me for the good things that I do for you? Do you really want to know me? Do you really want to have victory? Do you really want to be an overcomer? Do you really want the devil to be defeated? Are you tired of living the way you're living? I want to pray for you today that you would make a decision. I'm going all the way with God. I know you've been attacked by the enemy. I know that you've dealt with some hard trials. I know you've dealt with some tribulations, some situations that have caused you much pain and that have caused you much disappointment. But I want you to know that God is able to heal you. God is able to deliver you. God is able to set you free. God is able to change you. Oh, God, if you just change me. I want to pray a prayer. And in this moment while I pray, I'm praying that God would prime your heart, that God would make your heart tender toward him. And as God does that, when I say amen, for those of you who say, it's me, pastor, I need a change in my life. I need victory. I know what it is to have defeat, but I haven't had many experiences with victory. But I want to be victorious. Without reservation, I want you to flood the altar when I say amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you because these are your people today. I pray that you would touch them. You know where they are. You know what they're dealing with. You know their challenges. You know their situations. You know their circumstances. God, you know the stony heart in here today. You know the heavy heart in here today. I pray, God, that you would break it up. Somebody needs to be delivered. Somebody needs to be saved. Somebody needs to be set free. Somebody needs to be changed. Somebody needs to be encouraged. Somebody needs holy boldness. You've called them for work in your kingdom. But the enemy has tried to hinder them from going all the way with you. But I pray, O oh God, that you would give them victory and make them overcomers. Bind the works of the adversary that seek to hinder and destroy and give them victory. This time, we're running after you and we're not turning back. Amen. Hallelujah. The saints are rejoicing. The saints are rejoicing. Come on, the saints are rejoicing. The saints are rejoicing. The saints are rejoicing. The saints